Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Athens.com and the Athens Banner Herald. This is the Georgia Bulldogs Podcast. Bulldogs Extra. Now, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome into the Bulldogs Extra Podcast from the Athens Banner Herald online. Athens, Ryan Dennis here alongside Mark Weiser. Mark, uh, happy Thanksgiving. You have a good, uh, the Weiser clan have a good, uh, Thanksgiving. Was that like a week ago? I, I kind of forgot about we that. Are a I moved week on. Ago. It's December. Did you not see the uh, Christmas tree <laughs> was uh, lighting going on at Rockefeller Center? Yeah, yeah. And uh, apparently the one down by the city hall here in Athens is uh, is up as well. Of course, we got a lot to talk about. Today. All right, we're going to have uh, Georgia Athletic Director Greg McGarity on the the uh, show very short, very shortly. He announced his retirement this uh, week, and uh, we'll get a chance to chat with him about his time at Georgia, some of the issues uh, that uh, came across his desk. Uh, a lot of them. Yeah, and uh, let me let me just kind of, uh, you know, knock out the other topics on the show. How about uh, Georgia Vanderbilt game coming up Saturday? Uh, Sarah Fuller will be here. Are you excited? Yeah, uh, that's yeah, yeah good for her. I hope she kicks a field goal, man. Um, I'm for. Trey Hill will not be playing, apparently, yeah. uh, according to my reporting and, and others, and uh, might not be playing again for the Bulldogs this year. And Georgia basketball 2-0, and big win over. North Georgia last night. Yeah, we'll really dive into what that means later you in know the what? show. <laughs> Ryan kind of cut us off last week before we did our picks. Uh, uh-huh. Was that last week or the week before? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was last so week. the picks are back. Maybe we'll do the over under. Absolutely. Maybe we won't. Of course, we'll uh, look back on the Georgia South Carolina game where uh, I must give you credit that uh, I, I didn't think Georgia would rush the ball and they dominated. So what, was, uh, what did I say about that? Uh, I think we had the over under on oh. Zamir White rushing and uh, hell, uh, all the team went over seventy five yards. <laughs> Every running back they had pretty much. So uh, we'll get into that, reflect on uh, Georgia, South Carolina, look ahead to uh, Georgia and Vanderbilt and Senior Day. And uh, right after this, though, we'll be talking to newly retired athletic director. He's, he's not retired yet. He's not newly retired. Okay, in a month. Newly announced retired. Right. You ain't got to correct me on that. I think our <laughs> listeners understand. But we'll get to Greg McGarity uh, right after this break. All right, joining us now is Greg McGarity, Georgia Athletic Director since fall of 2010, who announced this week he will uh, retire uh, on December 31st. Greg, uh, thanks for joining us on a busy week. My pleasure, guys. Look forward to chatting with you. When you when you look back at your time as, as Athletic Director, uh, these 10-plus years, has, has this year been the most difficult because of the challenges the pandemic presented, and, and, and what were they? Yeah, it's, it's no doubt about that, uh, guys, because, you know, athletics is all about teamwork and togetherness and locker rooms and meetings, and we've not really been able to do anything like that. Everything's been remote. Um, I mean, even Coach Smart's staff meetings are all remote. They never meet in, the, in their conference room. So we've all had to adjust as adults, but the job, uh, of adjusting for these young students, uh, you know, the 18 to 21 year old population, 
I can't imagine what that's been like because there's a whole new learning environment. They're masking up. They're you know they're probably not able to enjoy the college experience that we all knew it to be. You know, just a few years ago. Greg, I want to go back. Uh, you know, for 18 years you were in that uh, blue and orange. Did that feel weird? You know, really, uh, really not, Ryan. I, I had known so many people on the Florida staff just because of our relationship in the conference and our annual game in Jacksonville. So, you know, I knew Jerry, Mike Spiegler, Chip Power, Danny Shelton, Norm Carlson. You know, they were all friends. And so while it was a different location, so many friendships had developed. And, and of course, it was orange and blue, which was a little odd. But... Uh, uh, the way the the Gator family accepted me and and wrapped me in their arms was just uh, amazing, and certainly I was um, very proud to be a member of their staff as well. Right, and I know you said when you got here, you know, it was in a little bit of a mess. Uh, what what was kind of some of the first things you really wanted to tackle when you came back to Georgia? Well, establishing credibility in the AD chair. Uh, you know, these student athletes, five hundred kids. They didn't know who I was. I know some staff members did, but they're thinking, oh, gosh, who's the next AD and what's he going to be telling us to do? So I had to make sure I had to be very measured in uh, how I started as far as um, learning how to, to, to listen to these student athletes, to our coaches, you know, just proving them, proving to them that I was a man of my word and I was going to practice what I preached. And one thing they could count on for me is being supportive and uh, doing things the right way and and leading a life in a way that, that made model way for these young people to uh, to follow one day. Greg, I know you talked this week about, uh, it came up about the decision to, to move on from Mark Rick as head coach and, and bring on Kirby Smart, who's uh, brought the program uh, nearly to a national title in, in the 2017 season, three SEC championship games. Uh, I want to ask you about kind of the decision on Rick in terms of balancing uh, Mark Rick, the person that, that you got to know during his uh, time with you here versus Rick, the coach, in making the decision as the program had seemed to have hit a plateau of sorts. You know, Mark, that's a great question, and uh, there's a lesson that I learned many years ago at Florida uh, watching Jeremy is that you never want to get too close to coaches because either you'll break their heart or they'll break your heart. Uh, and so uh, while I've probably wanted to have more of a personal relationship with a lot of coaches, uh, you just got to be very careful in there because you can't let personal feelings enter business decisions that must be made and so um, while I tried to separate that from Mark it's so difficult to do when you're uh, across the desk from someone that lived their life the way they did and represented the school and it's just so difficult but in the end you have to make those tough decisions and, and make a decision that's best for the institution while it perhaps is not best for individuals. Well, along those lines, though, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you, you saw on Twitter, Tom Black reached out, uh, Petros reached out to, you know, wish you uh, wish you well in retirement. Uh, so there has to be a little bit of a personal relationship there. What, you know, what does that mean to you to see the outpouring of support from the coaches that you've hired and, and, and whatnot? And uh, just to, you know, that relationship that you did build with them, what did that mean to you? Oh, it means the world uh, because, you know, I did meet once a month with every coach in their office. And so that's how you develop relationships. Uh, you show up at events. You 
constantly text them encouragement, especially when they're going through some hard times. So you want them to know that you're uh, in tune with them and their program and know what's going on. Uh, at the same time, you don't want to be a helicopter AD where you're hovering over people all the time and things of that nature. So uh, I appreciate those comments. It means the world to me, but uh, it just shows you that uh, I think if you treat people the right way and give them a long runway and give them the resources they need to be successful, I think uh, those things come back into play and are, are very rewarding. Football and men's basketball, obviously the most high-profile sports here. I guess there's 21 total uh, across the the range of of all of those teams. How do you think those programs stand now? I know there's certain measures. uh, You know, I guess you guys were up to eighth at one point in the Directors' Cup a few years ago, then dipped down to 20th. I know it fluctuates. What's the what's the state of Georgia athletics right now? uh, You know, program-wide. You know, uh, I think we're we're positioned pretty well in the future. Uh, financially, I think we are. Uh, you know, frankly, there's some sports that need to do a little bit better. Uh, trying to, you know, you got 15 head coaches, and you go down the list, and, and some perform better than others, uh, and some have a tougher road to hoe to get to national prominence. And some programs are there every year, which is a credit to coaches that, you know, Manny, Jeff, Jack, Lou, Chris, I mean, they're there every year. If they're if they're not in the final, if they're not playing on the final day, they're they're disappointed. Whereas other teams like Tom, and who's building the volleyball program, Billy Lassane, coaches like that that are trying to build their program, uh, you know, it's a little bit tougher for them. And so, it, just getting in the NCAA tournament may be a tremendous accomplishment as a first step. But then you've got somebody like Petros, who I mean, he. he two national championships in a very short amount of time. And we're always relevant now in track and field. And that hadn't always been the case. So you see different pockets of programs that are a little bit more advanced than others. But overall, you just try to do the best you can and have all 15 coaches clicking uh, as best they can at, at a very high level. It's just difficult to do. Obviously, that next step needs to be taken to uh, to fill your position. Um, was there a list or anything you reached out to President Moorhead? Was there a, a person that you you kind of recommend uh, you know to President Moorhead, or do you just let them kind of take care of that? And and I guess how much will you uh, be there to help kind of fill that role as well? No, I, I'll I'll only be uh, involved as, as President Moorhead asks and. Trust me, I'm not inserting myself in places that I don't need to, to venture. I've learned long ago, if people want your advice, they'll ask for it. Uh, but, I mean, President and I have a great relationship. I was so proud of, of his uh, move for Josh and Doris, who I think is a great one-two punch. And then, you know, he's got an advisory committee that's set up. I'm sure he'll consult with a lot of – I mean, President Morehead is so connected in the college fabric. He can call – Mark Emmert, he can call Greg Sankey, he can call Kevin Wall. I mean, he knows so many people that certainly his Rolodex is full of contacts. But the president, I'm, I'm so confident in his ability to identify the right person to lead the sport. And I think people just need to be assured that uh, we're in great hands at the uh, University of Georgia with President Moorhead at the helm. 
Greg, Josh will have to answer uh, whatever comes up that people aren't happy about come January 1st and beyond. And then, you know, if he stays on or someone else replaces him, I want to ask you just, you know, dealing with that, knowing it comes with the job uh, of people, uh, you know, being critical of certain moves here or there. Uh, I mean, if you had to kind of list the greatest hits of uh, people's uh, saying McGarity screwing this up in terms of uh, not dipping into the reserves more or the back-to-back Auburn games uh, that were on the schedule, uh, am I missing something? Are those some of the greatest hits? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could address each one if you want to, but we don't have time for that. But, no, I, I think, Mark, it's just uh, uh, people have no clue. They have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. And if people just think we roll over and uh, from decisions that the conference makes, they have no idea what happens uh, uh, underneath the, the surface mm-hmm. of, of everything. I mean, when things don't go our way, things aren't trending our way, certainly we voice our displeasure. We do it privately. We don't do it publicly. There's nothing to be gained. So if people just think we take it and accept it and move on, uh, uh, that's that's not a picture at all. Uh, And I think the commissioner would would tell you there have been some very spirited conversations uh, behind closed doors, but that's where they stay. uh, I think from a financial standpoint, people understand we have a, a, a board that we report to, and we have a finance committee that, that is made up of individuals that have extremely depths of knowledge in financial awareness and financial uh, responsibility. So we have partners in everything we do. So it's not just me making certain decisions. We're supported by tremendous uh, tremendous people that are very talented in their ex- fields of expertise, and we're going to listen to them and follow them. That's why you have a board, is to keep you between the guardrails. And so I think it's just a fact. People just make so many assumptions, and nowadays it gets on social media, and people, they see it, they believe it, and unfortunately nobody takes the time to really do a deep deep dive and really check into things, and there's certain things we can't do. Uh, but trust me, uh, uh, you could ask a commissioner, you could ask NCAA individuals. When there's things that uh, we feel like need to be addressed, we really address it aggressively. Again, we don't do it in the public domain. We do it privately as we're supposed to do and maintain that level of integrity. All right, so moving down to Florida, I guess, for good in about a month, right? So uh, be getting getting out That's of <laughs> getting out of Athens. So looking a year into the future, uh, fall of next football season, hope things are back to normal a little bit. What is retired Greg McGarity going to be doing on a Saturday in the fall next year? You know, the great thing is the answer to that is I have no clue. <laughs> That's retired and- life, right? Well, people that know me know I'm a pretty regimented person. I'm a uh, person. I have certain habits. I'm, you know, I, I enjoy running. I enjoy certain foods. I'm, I'm a creature of habit. And so I've been working 43 years plus now, and even longer as in high school as, as a student worker. So I'm not one that's going to sit around the house and piddle. Uh, I'm confident I'm going to be doing something. I don't know what that is. But I feel like there'll be opportunities in the Jacksonville area to to do something, whether it's uh, work for pay or whether it's donating my time for civic organizations or things like that. But uh, Cheryl's made it very, very clear, abundantly clear that you know I'm not going to be hanging around the house uh, uh, very often at all. So 
hopefully it won't be in, in a pressure cooker like this job is, but more or less a, a, a normal job that will allow me to, uh, to create some space and not have to uh, be adjoined at the hip with a cell phone all the time. Last thing for me, I don't know if Ron is something else, but I, I want to ask you, you know, obviously you can be uh, more of a uh, sports fan and, and not uh, an administrator, uh, you know, next year uh, and beyond. Uh, I'm curious what you think from you talking to your colleagues in the SEC, and, and you kind of alluded to it this week in terms of how financially there's a need to be able to bring more folks back into these venues. Uh, what do you think 2021 2022 is starting, I guess, with football season and and beyond. You know, assuming that the vaccine rollout goes on, what will the what will uh, college athletics look like? Um, you know, in the next uh, school year. Well, Mark, I'm I'm really optimistic after listening to that, Doctor Fauci yesterday. The question came up about fall football, and would be would would we be able to have full houses? And he said he thought so. So that leads me to think that, you know, we'll we'll be back to where we have 90,000 people. Now, we just can't assume that's going to happen, Mark, because, you know, people have become accustomed to watching it on TV now. And so the urge to come to campus uh, is something we're really going to have to work hard to make sure people want to come back instead of just watching it on TV like they've done this whole season. So uh, I think we've, we've got to do certain things that, that – Want, that, that makes it to where people want to come back. And there's no way to replicate tailgates or being in a stadium with your friends or just gathering in face-to-face reunions. You know, the personal part of it is what fall football is all about from a fan standpoint. So I think people will realize how much they miss that and how much they want to re-engage in that part of the game. But we can't just assume that's going to happen. But I think it's... It's going to slowly happen. Uh, I think with the vaccine coming into play this summer, hopefully uh, people will opt into that and and we'll have a much safer environment for 90,000-plus in Sanford Stadium because we really need that to happen to make, make this engine run. My only other question kind of leads back to my my other one. I mean, I, you'll always have an eye on it from afar, though, right? I mean, you'll always be tuned in to what's kind of happening, just not with your finger on the pulse, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep up with it from afar. And, uh, you know, thing is, is, is you're always accessible. Uh, Coach Dooley has always been accessible. Uh, Jeremy Foley has always been accessible. And so I'm the same way. You know, I'm, again, I'm not going to insert myself where I'm not wanted. But if someone certainly wants to ask my opinion or ask me, uh, give advice, you know, perfectly willing to do that and, and very excited to be able to do that. But if it doesn't happen... You know, I get it. I understand uh, because someone's going to have to make their own mark. But certainly, I'll be available for advice and counsel um, as whomever uh, occupies the chair uh, deems necessary. All right. So I think it's about four weeks until uh, you are officially off the clock, off the job. So, uh, you know, for your sake and probably for uh, everybody's sake, uh, we hope it's a quiet four weeks <laughs> uh, as uh, we can enjoy some holidays, et cetera, uh, coming, coming up. And um, we thanks, thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be uh, in touch even after uh, you retire and, uh, you know, seek you out for uh, uh, input on, uh, you know, perspective on, on things going on in college athletics. Thanks very much. Absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Thanks, Rick. All right. Thanks, Rick.
A big thank you to Greg McGarity for joining us, the soon-to-be-retired at the end of this month, heading down to Florida to uh, to live life in its fullest. So uh, we thank him for joining us. And, uh, you know, I, I know... Ryan, Ryan, you didn't ask him. He's he's uh, moving to Ponte Vedra. Isn't that where the players... Uh, I don't want to cha- give away his exact uh, location. Isn't that the players' championship? Yeah. Hey, maybe I could... What if uh, he lives right... Is there a house that overlooks the 17th there? Maybe so. He can go talk to Gary Smiths about uh, the tournament. Um <laughs> He just lost the entire list. I know. Well, oh well. Uh, Gary Smith's a great guy. Works down in Jacksonville. Covers a lot of golf. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, like, like you mentioned in that, uh, when you asked him the question about his greatest hits there, uh, you know, he had some criticism, but I think he did a lot of good for the Georgia program as well. Ryan, I'm looking forward to reading your column about that. <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I wrote about the fact that you know there's been i think it was four athletic directors since uh, dual, uh since 1963 Joel Eves back then so yeah. i mean it, it, there's not it's not a position that turns over a lot unlike a lot of other schools that have had mm-hmm. you, you know uh, Georgia Tech for instance have they had like three athletic directors in the last 5 years i think maybe yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Some um, people run through them so w- why don't we talk a little bit about you know what's happening with the next person to be in that chair. There's an 11 person search committee. Jerry Moorhead, uh, is obviously having a huge role, um, in this hire. I'm sure there's a collaborative effort with, with, with others. Uh, Josh Brooks, the interim athletic director steps in January 1st. Jerry Moorhead said, you know, he doesn't want this to be, uh, a very long process. I mean, clearly it will be, into you know february march you would presume um you know josh was made available uh without you know necessarily having to request him on a zoom call a couple days after the announcement so you know and uh, i did notice that somebody from the president's office was one of the folks that was on the zoom call not just the the media um Hmm. so you know is that an interview is that what you're saying (laughs) no well you know maybe he's uh, (laughs) maybe he's there to see how he can handle the pressure in case josh was like you know my first move is going to be to eliminate three sports. Uh, you know, you, you, you want some kind of checks and balances, I, I presume. Um, look, the, there's a natural uh, uh, candidate who was also a number two at Georgia, and that's Carla Williams, right. who went to Virginia uh, at the end of 2017 and has had a seemingly a successful run as the athletic director of Virginia. Won where, a basketball championship. Yeah, I believe that was in her first year. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much credit you can give yeah, her I for agree. that. I mean, I the agree. program's set up, but... Yeah. Um, you know, um, you would say that it's it's different. I mean, that you know, football is not the engine, the uh, all-encompassing monster that it is in, in Georgia. And, uh, you know, another thing, Kirby Smart obviously is not on the search committee, but uh, I would presume that uh, he's an important yeah. person that... He uh, might be contacted, what do you think? That, that Jerry Moorhead would, would run by candidates about who his ne- about who his next boss will be. Yeah. Um, is that somebody joining our program? <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Uh, it must be an email coming through, uh, extremely loud. But is that, is that on my computer? Or yours? I, it must be on the office computer here that mm. we use in our in our studio. Uh, probably should click out of my email so it doesn't do that anymore. But uh, uh, look, uh, you know, and, and, whoa! It looks like uh, Ryan's getting a lot. Of you've email. got mail. <laughs> Ryan's getting a lot. I hope it's probably just a bunch of spam. Um. By the way, I don't know if you heard this, speaking of uh, spam and calls and stuff, but there's an election coming up in January. I don't know if you're getting any oh, of those. I hadn't seen any of those ads yet, but uh, oh, geez, uh, everybody thought it was going to be over after the uh, November election, but uh, wrong. There is even more now. 
But Look, th- th- there there are outside candidates that, that maybe aren't being talked about that might be eyeing the job. You know, Georgia's been a place. Uh, Greg McGarity has had Georgia ties. Uh, Damon Evans had Georgia ties. Exactly. Uh, you know, Vince Dooley went from being a football coach to, to also, uh, well, he was actually doing it while he was coach mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, uh, you know, whether if they have somebody and I'll say this about Josh Brooks uh, there's been an outpouring of support from former players and people that worked at Georgia uh, on social media kind of uh, you know basically pushing for him to uh, to get the job I will say that Carla as well when she left here there were a lot of uh, Georgia football players at the time that also uh, put similar sentiments out there that, that you really you know, talked about her, how much she was an influence on them. Uh, so Ryan, uh, you're one person search committee. Who are you hiring? That's a good question. I, like you, you hit it on the head. I mean, they, they always seem to be Georgia first type of thinking. It seems like when it comes to things like this, you can even say, you know, bring Kirby back. I, I mean, obviously that might've been the most logical choice, no matter what it just happened to, you know, fit right in that he was a former player here. But yeah, like you'd mentioned, Damon uh, worked under, you know, was recommended by Vince Dooley to be, become the athletic director when uh, when he took over. And then, of course, bringing Greg back from uh, from Florida, grew up what as a as a tennis ball boy at, in Athens and really, uh, really, you know, bled red and black. So it just seems like it was, uh, you know, Josh Brooks knew knows all the ins and outs. He uh, worked under Greg for for several years, and uh, it, it seemed a couple years ago when you know you'd you'd hear his name kind of uh, bounced around for for the next guy in line. So I think uh, you know with the way that they like to keep things in house, kind of the Georgia way as they like to promote it. I, I, w- I would put my money on, on Josh Brooks being the the next guy. Now, do you think they'll entertain? Carla coming back I mean obviously she had a lot of I had a lot of hands in the fire I mean it was keeping everybody's grades up making sure they went to you know counseling uh this and that so uh she she really did more than just guide the uh you know the on the field she had a lot to do with what went on off the field as well I mean, I think Jerry Moorhead thinks very highly of her, just like uh, I presume he, he thinks highly of uh, of Josh Brooks. Like we talked about, uh, you know, Kirby Smart will have, uh, you know, I'm sure he will have an important uh, opinion about this. And, and uh, you know, I, I can't tell you, you know, what his uh, thoughts are on, on Carla or other candidates that, that might be out there as well. Uh, but you know what? I have some important breaking news uh, while we speak here. Uh, Georgia has gotten a, uh, another commitment. This time it's uh, weak side defensive end Darius Smith out of Appling County. Class of 2022. He is a three-star on 2-4 Sports. But uh, it's sort of early in the in the process for that. I'm sure his stock would would uh, have a chance to rise fast. So that explains the uh, tweet. Yeah, Kirby Smart with a tweet. Yeah. What was his tweet? Uh, let's see. He mixes it up every time. Uh, <laughs> what was it this time? Was it Go Dogs? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, All right. Hey, speaking of Go Dogs, put up uh, big big numbers the other day against South Carolina, a team struggling. You know, fired their coach. A lot of teams backed out, or excuse me, a lot of players opted out, and so. Uh, you you said I think a couple of things went into it. I think they were embarrassed the week before against Mississippi State with their running performance, and then it seemed like last year's beat down or not beat down but overtime loss by South Carolina in Athens kind of got the got the the whip going a little bit, got them uh, shaking and wanting to to go in there and, and really put on a good performance. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a little bit about the uh, in my five things to know, I guess, uh, before the South Carolina game, and, and also my five things to know about Vanderbilt, by the way, is posted on onlineathens.com. Did you mention, by the way, that we have a new look to the website today? That's right. We've gone uh, we've gone to a different system, I guess is what you call it, and uh, it looks like our colleagues within the Gannett Network now. Yeah, uh, again, back um, about the the double overtime loss uh, that Georgia had against South Carolina. I didn't, you know, guys kind of said that it was some motivation, but you didn't think it was too much. But it was interesting. I, I ran a photo with my Sunday story that I, I pulled up uh, early morning after I had done uh, been done writing it, uh, which was Jermaine Johnson had uh, a piece of the hedges from South Carolina, which you know, obviously Georgia's hedges are the famed ones, mm-hmm. but they have some there at South Carolina, which I couldn't have even told you that because I, you know. I'm sure if I, I you know I've seen the story though that people I want to say South Carolina people claim they had it first I don't know there's hedges all over the place I know you're right uh, but then Monty Rice uh, apparently had hedges also in his mouth or carrying them or something so I asked Monty about it the other day on Tuesday I guess it was Tuesday or Wednesday Tuesday uh, and he said hey you know I'm not really into those childish things but you know right. I did do it because they did it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I think there was a little bit of sweet kind of chance to get back at, at South Carolina. Um, look, Mississippi State was missing a bunch of people. South Carolina was missing a bunch of people. Vandy's probably going to be missing a bunch of people. I mean, this is what's going on now with, with college football here, especially for teams that are out of it in terms of adding out of losing coaches. I mean, you get Muschamp fired. You get Derek, Derek Mason fired, which we hadn't even mentioned yet on this podcast. Um, and, and so, you know, Vanderbilt's going to come with a, another depleted roster uh, with opt-outs and, and things of that nature. So, um you know, Georgia's got a chance to, to really flex their muscles because they haven't had as many. Uh, you know, their, their guys have kind of stuck it out. And uh, we know this is a talented team that, that didn't get it done against Alabama and Florida. And they also have made a quarterback change since then. So the offense is much more explosive. And, and they're, they're playing, uh, you know, with some more confidence. And, uh, you know, they, they ran it against South Carolina. They, they passed it against Mississippi State. We'll see what they do against Vanderbilt. Uh, Sorry, I was just going to say, I know this is a hypothetical, but does healthy Georgia with uh, JT at quarterback, I mean, I think that's a different game against Florida. Now, I don't know if either team could beat Alabama, but I think a healthy healthy Georgia defense against – you know, against uh, Trask and that kind of powerful offense, I think uh, would equalize more. And I think Georgia's found something in JT Daniels. I mean, are you saying this? Hypothetically speaking, Mark. Yeah, let's – I mean – Let's let's see what happens. Let's see if Georgia. Let's see if Georgia can beat Cincinnati in the uh, in, in, in the Peach Bowl. Yeah. You know that that's a good team. It's not it's not caliber of uh, right. Bama, but I certainly think uh, you know. I mean, we haven't seen JT Daniels go up against you know that's really true. elite athletes on defense yet. That's very true. Uh, you know, consistently, you know, more you know, eleven across the board. So um, to be determined, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll, we'll when we come back. Why don't we talk about uh, a little, come back. little about uh, Trey Hill and maybe make some picks. Uh, we will. You, you we'll can talk about the Georgia basketball game. We will do that right after this break and this message from the Athens Benner Herald. All right, going into that break, Mark, you had mentioned Trey Hill. I know you learned earlier today that uh, he has an injury that might not be too good. 
Yep, he's uh, going to be out for the Vanderbilt game, and, and probably uh, I was told you know you might not see him again this season. Knee injury and, and had uh, procedures on, on, on both knees, so could be time for either Warren Erickson or Cedric Von, Von Pron- Pron- Gran- Granger. Granger, Granger, Granger. Yeah, Granger sounds right. Um, so you know what? It's uh, and, and Trey Hill's a guy I listed. You know, Georgia has half dozen ish more guys um, that are going to have NFL decisions to make because they're underclassmen that are draft eligible. Zamir White was even asked about it, not by me, on uh, a Zoom call yesterday, and and gave the pat answer you would expect, which was, you know, I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, it was basically I'm focused, I'm focused on Vanderbilt. I, I haven't really thought about that yet. Uh, it's rare that you'll get somebody to say. No, I'm coming back. Or I'm going. <laughs> now, I will, I will date myself by saying I believe Robert Gethers way back in the day. This is, I think he was maybe a... That was 2 it's 3 uh, He was a senior or a junior at the same time that David Pollock was. Right. And um, I believe Gethers said he was coming back, and then he went surprisingly to the NFL. But you know what? I think he made a good decision. Wasn't he in the league for a long time? Yeah, well, he's pretty high draft pick, too, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he? I don't remember yeah, that. He could, yeah, he could have been. Was like um, so look, you know, it's a good time to get, to get a guy like Cedric Van Prong Granger, uh, you know, a chance for playing time when, you know, Florida might clinch the East on uh, on Saturday. And, and Erickson, we've seen a little bit, and, and he has the ability to play guard too. So we'll see what happens there. What about – what ever happened to Clay Webb? I mean, I know he's still around, but uh, wasn't he supposed to be a senior? Didn't you, see, didn't you see him? He lined up at fullback against South yeah, Carolina. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. Uh, but I guess they must have uh, more visions of him as a guard or something. I think so. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what was next on our itinerary? Uh, are we going to get in a little Georgia basketball? Do we really want to go there? Um, I mean, two games in, they hadn't played anybody worth a darn and hadn't really looked that great. I, w- I will say this. They've um, managed to reschedule two canceled games. Uh was it two cancel games? Let's see. They So the, the, the yes, opener was. was canceled yeah, two yeah. hours it, before. It, it, it was. It, yeah, yeah. And then they rescheduled. It was Columbus State and it was Gardner-Webb that were gone. And then Florida A&M came on, as yeah. did North Georgia. So Division two, North Georgia. Yeah, that's not – those games are not – I mean, they are glorified exhibitions that count as wins. I mean, I, I, Florida A&M is, is, you know, not a not an exhibition. But North Georgia, look, you haven't played anybody that's uh, – mm-hmm. I mean, I know they said they couldn't work it out. But come on, go play, you should have played Georgia Tech in this early season. Yeah. Yeah, why couldn't they have – of course, uh, that might be that might be ugly too because Georgia Tech has not played well. Yeah, they beat. And that's what I'm saying. That'd be an ugly game. Oh. Mercer and well, Georgia I mean, State both beat. You say uh, an ugly game. I mean, it's hard to know what you have from Georgia. I mean, that's I th- true. Yeah. you know, I think they played decently considering you know, but the opponents have have not been impressive. So, um, you know. Y- you had Ty Fagan going off the first time, and then you had, uh, you know, Sevier Severe has been consistent. Yeah. Uh, you had a lot of a chance yesterday to see, uh, you know, uh, Ty McMillan and uh, yep, that guy. Jonathan Ned. Uh-huh. I mean, they're playing everyone. They did sit out uh, Justin Keir, who served a suspension. Oh, we should have asked Greg McGarity about this. I forgot uh, about that. Hey. What, what's going on? Look, you're suspended. If you're suspending him a game uh-huh. and a game gets canceled, you got to sit him out the first game, period. Didn't Alabama do that with a football player one time? It was know. like, well, uh, now, it, we just said he had to be suspended one game. We didn't say what game it was, so they suspended him for, like, Alabama A&M instead of the season opener well, against I, I, The uh, thought process, uh, I guess, was that our opener was supposed to be Columbus State, 
so when that was canceled, we replaced it with North Georgia. So uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep them for that game. But come on, uh, you're gonna win that. You're gonna be Florida A&M without Justin Keir. Yeah, you think? So I don't know. Uh, anyway, I tell you who has been success uh, consistent is uh, Andrew uh, Garcia. That was a little bit of a surprise. He had what 22 in the first game. And then he chipped in another double-digit scoring performance last night, I think. So maybe they're getting uh, – you know, I guess when Tom Crean finds the pieces where he wants them, maybe they can uh, find a little something. Because, like you said, severe, man. Double-double uh, Wednesday night against North Georgia with, what, 17 and 10, I think. So, um, yeah, that, that's uh, somebody you, you know you can count on. And then Tamani, if he can get more consistent. You know, who knows? Maybe they can, uh, maybe they can find some wins here and there. Do you have the picks lined up by chance? I do. I'm pulling them up here. This is a what would I send out for Gannett? You know what? I was I was actually I got some incredible news uh, regarding these picks, which is really not that incredible. But mm. um, I I counted a one of the games last week as a loss, but when I was told it was actually a push. So uh, oh, y'all do it by the the line. Yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah. So uh, incredible news. So I, I'm approaching the 500 record against the spread this year, which is uh, <laughs> it's not. It's hey, not in Vegas, that's a win, if you ask me. 500, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. All right, let's see. Here, here are my picks. Here we go. Here we go. I'm looking for them right now. All right. Here are the games. And uh, here we go. Let's uh, let's see. All right. These are these are lines set earlier in the week. They might have fluctuated. Now that Trey Hill's out, uh, Georgia might have lost a point on the spread. I'm not sure. Nah. All right. Here we go. Starting off with uh, Texas A&M. Uh, going up. Going to the Plains against Auburn. The uh, Aggies are favored by six. Aggies are still in the mix for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they might sit, be sitting pretty when uh, Florida loses that uh, SEC championship game to Alabama. Then they just slip A&M in there. You're saying A&M's getting in before Cincinnati? Yeah, I am. Uh, Especially if their only loss, A&M's only loss is to Alabama, right? All right, I'm taking the Aggies. I would take the Aggies. You know, I'm, I've never been a, uh, a a big fan of the Aggies as far as uh, uh, you know, they always seemed overrated. I thought so earlier this year, but hey, they're not playing bad, and uh, I think that Auburn is not all that good as we saw last week, so uh, or much of the year. So I'll take the Aggies. Okay, Arkansas is going to Missouri. You got the Tigers favored by three points. Very important uh, note about Sam Pittman this week, which I saw he tweeted out. I think. I think it was on Twitter. He mentioned uh, apparently he coached at Missouri one year. I don't remember what year it was. Early in his career, earlier at least in his career, he mentioned that there was a place he really loved, a Mexican place called called Chevy's. Okay, just just a chain. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot of places. Um, and he said he gained he gained weight because of that place. And he uh, and then I guess somebody told him it's it's closed. Uh, you know, at least the one in Columbia. Um, I've been to I've been to Chevy's. Uh, uh, I think I've seen it sometime even during one of my four or five road trips this year. Ryan, have, do you have a story about Chevy's? Uh, was it a uh, was it a Chevy Chase uh, establishment? Does he have a hand in it at all? Nope. Oh, okay. Like all right, so between like Chi-Chi's, your, your Chevy's, your Don Pablo's, we're talking about Mexican chain restaurants. Uh-huh. Uh, or, or do you have a place in, in Athens that you? Uh, that even the one isn't wasn't there a chain restaurant on Atlanta Highway that closed? Yeah, was it on the border? On the borders, mm-hmm. that's no longer open, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's done. Yep. And something else has already moved in there—a seafood restaurant. What really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say of all of the places, though, Aqualinda in Athens would be my uh, would be my go-to. All right, um, what does that have to do with this game? Let me see. Who? What's the spread? I said Missouri by three. Uh, we have Sam Pittman to blame. That's what. That's what we're going to talk. All right. Um, 
I'm taking the Tigers um, a little bit off the Arkansas bandwagon. Missouri playing well. They, they have a winning record. That might be an interesting game for Georgia to go to. What I, I said that when that game got canceled, and you didn't believe me because Georgia was coming off that ugly game against uh, right. Kentucky, and and uh, we're supposed to go to Missouri, and I said it could have been an upset. You didn't agree. All right, let's uh, who you got? Yeah, I got Missouri. All right, you got Florida going to Tennessee. Gators favored by seventeen. Uh, Man, that's that's embarrassing for for Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt was asked on his call-in show yesterday. Uh, wasn't asked; he was actually told, you know, basically something about why, why, you need to go back to Alabama, and uh, you know, basically because you can't coach at all. <laughs> uh, Kirby, you might know, doesn't take calls on his call-in show, so you can hashtag Ask Coach Smart. Why don't you do that now and see if they they, uh, they answer that question tonight? Do it. Uh, what do you want me to ask? Do, say Ryan from Athens. <laughs> should should, uh, should Jeremy Pruitt go back to Alabama? No, no. You, we'll come up with a better question okay. than that. Uh, well, we'll do that. Listen to the call-in show tonight. Or not call-in show. Uh, uh, radio show. It's not a call-in show. And, and see if Ryan from Athens gets picked. I don't know what he's going to do. Do it on Facebook. It, it would be a little uh, bit, yeah, yeah. I guess. All right. Anyway, um, I'm taking Florida. I think... Uh, I'm not really having much confidence in the Fighting Pro-Wits these days to stay within 17 of the uh, explosive uh, Gators. Yeah, well, look, I mean, Florida not overly impressing me either. I think we've talked about it as, you know, if a healthy Georgia played Florida, I'd give uh, the Bulldogs a fighting chance uh, to winning that thing, uh, you know, pretty easily. But uh, Tennessee's just that bad, so I I would take Florida up there too. All right, South Carolina and Mike Bobo uh, going to Kentucky where – Apparently snow is in the forecast up there, and uh, I saw that the quarterback for South Carolina that Georgia just faced, the, the true freshman, name is already escaping me, Ryan. From who? What? I'm sorry. Gamecock starting quarterback last week. Yeah, Doty. Luke Doty. Yeah, you go, Luke Doty. He, he apparently has never seen real snow. <laughs> uh, I bet a lot of uh, Georgia players who are going to see snow at Missouri in a couple weeks uh, hadn't either. Uh, is there already like a... 10-day forecast? And you, uh, I should look that up. I bet actually. it's a 50-50 shot. Anyway, uh, Wildcats favored by 11. I, I'm not I'm not feeling it for the Gamecocks after seeing them in person last week. I'm going to take Kentucky giving 11. Kentucky, though, has been uh, – they did play better last week. You know, they played a pretty good game against Florida. But, um, yeah, South Carolina's in shambles, man. Uh, so, I would go Kentucky as well. Alabama, Nick well, – I don't even know. Is Saban back this week? I haven't heard that for sure yet. I think he might be. I don't know. I yeah, I hadn't heard for certain either. Crimson Tide going to LSU. It's a primetime game, I think. Yeah, and you see that it's a record line. Tw- record for what? The, the, the series? The largest line in the series history. Yeah, 20, 20 and a half points. Uh, I did see, uh, this might have been when I was writing that late night, early morning column. Maybe it was even a replay at that point. I guess it was. Uh, Oconee County's own quarterback, uh, who was plays for LSU, Brad Johnson's kid. Yeah, uh, uh, if you want to, if you want to ask, it's not. Uh, didn't, didn't you cover him? You don't know the guy's name? Oh, I know it's Johnson. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Max, Max Johnson. Jeez, uh, Max Johnson got in, and uh, I haven't heard who's what, what the plan is this week. I, I think it was you know probably mop up time, um, but I'm not feeling it for the Tigers even at home. I'm taking Bama, giving twenty eight and a half. Yeah, man. Uh, one, they're really good. LSU, they've been fighting a lot of different 
issues this year. So, uh, yeah, I think they had another opt out this week. Yeah, I can see this being like uh, that Kentucky game that Alabama beat them what sixty three to seven, something like that, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I can see it being that bad. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, Sarah Fuller, so we'll, we'll just talk about it a little bit right now. Uh, she's on the trip to coming to, to uh, Georgia. At least she was supposed to be, um, but she might not. You know, she might not be the kicker. Uh, they got a guy back. Been injured all year? Is that the case? No, I think he was in med school at, at Vanderbilt. Oh, okay. But he was their main kicker in 19 uh, and 18. Had good numbers in 19, not so much in 18. So, um, you know, I, I would presume that he would deal, he would, you know, handle. And this is, he needed to have some paperwork and maybe probably uh, pass COVID testing and all that. But, um, you know, I wouldn't surprise me if he's he's the guy and maybe they get her to, to kick a few, uh, point after or two. I, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool to see. Uh, um if they have any point afters, which mm-hmm. leads me back to the point spread of this game, which by the time this line came out, it was 33 and a half. I think it's popped up to 35 since then. I'm taking Georgia. I am a believer. Uh, they're closing well. They could be kind of mailing it in, and uh, they haven't been. Uh, I know that Mississippi State game was kind of, uh, you know, they had a – uh, you know, scramble to get to kind of, you know, would they win by a touchdown or so? Yeah, exactly a touchdown. Um, but I, I like them. Uh, the spread is, if it's 33 and a half, I think Georgia wins, uh, you know, 42 to three or something. I mean, this could be that kind of game. So give me, give me your Bulldogs and looking for more Arian Smith. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, uh, Vanderbilt's uh, freshman quarterback is, is pretty impressive. Uh, I think it's Ken Seals. Am I getting that wrong? Mm. Yes. I'm getting it wrong or I'm getting it right? No, 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 you're right. Because uh, I was looking at a, a list of possible replacements and a couple of the guys that the Tennessean has uh, to fill uh, Derek Mason's seat are uh, uh, Navy and uh, Army's coaches, which run the, uh, you know, the wing T wishbone uh, offense. And they were saying how Seals might be an afterthought if they go to that uh, offense because that's just not what he does. He's more of a pocket passer. Yeah, I mean, for a team that's winless, he's he's not a horrible for a freshman quarterback, that's yeah. for sure. So, um, you know, anyway, give me your Georgia Bulldogs senior day, by the way, which got a story about that. And, uh, you know, guys have a chance to opt back in for next year. I don't expect many, yeah. um, but there might be uh, one or two. Yeah, it's interesting to look at the uh, rosters because uh, some of those guys that are senior, I think they might all say uh, – well, guys, I don't know. Some of them say juniors, though, and it kind of throws you off, these guys that are going to be, uh, you know, celebrated for senior day. Uh, but I think this game comes down to, I mean, Vanderbilt is just that bad. And Georgia playing at home on senior day, Georgia's really good, as we know. So those two things combined, just uh, this has a feeling one of those early season Austin P games where it's like 55 to nothing and third and fourth string guys are playing in the whole fourth quarter. So... That's going to be my pick. Uh, Georgia, it's easy money out in Vegas if you were going to go put a bet down that Georgia covers 33 and a half or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think that's all of, uh, of, our, of our podcast, Mark. Um, we, we do appreciate Greg McGarity joining us earlier in the, in the show. That was, uh, that was cool to get him on here. And best of luck to him in retirement. And uh, best of luck to you covering the game on Saturday. Hey, I'll be there with you, actually. Are you going to be there? And it's going to be uh, – might be a cold one. So that heat at our feet will be uh, extra, extra needed. Good online Athens to read our stuff. And uh, Ryan would always mention this if he remembered, which is give him a five-star review. You can give me a three-star, which combined will make it a four-star. 
No, you can just give us both five stars. That's fine. That's that's okay. Uh, Hey, thanks for listening. And this has been the Bulldogs Extra Podcast brought to you by OnlineAthens.com and your Athens Banner Herald. Have a great weekend, everyone. See ya.